Hi, and welcome back to The More Podcast. Today's conversation is a super inspiring one. So today I have someone on who we were in the same master's program at Wheaton, but we were in different cohorts. So along the way, over the years, I would see things that Kirsty Horton was doing. I would see things that she was working on and just these aspects of her life that were growing. And one of those was this business called Freedom Floor. But I honestly didn't really know much about it, what exactly it was, and what it looked like to get involved. Well, recently we reconnected and I started hearing more about what Freedom Floor looks like in this chapter in this moment. And it was something that I immediately knew that she would be a perfect fit for this podcast. So if you're someone who's ever had an idea and wondered what it would look like to make it a bit more public or to invite others into it, whether that's to invite others into buying a product that you've created, to listening to a product you've created, like a song or a podcast, or creating some kind of collective or community around a certain idea, I just want to encourage you to have that idea in the back of of your mind as you listen to Kirsty talk about how she has fleshed out her own dreams and her own hopes and her own idea and how it's really turned into a business. We also talk about some of the struggles that can be there along the way, especially for women who are trying to enter any type of entrepreneurial space. So here is my friend, Kirsty Horton. Kirsty, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are for people who haven't met you yet? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Kirsty Fleur. I'm the founder and CEO of Freedom Fleur and a tech platform for women called the FF Social Club. So I consider myself a social entrepreneur. I'm an artist and designer. Um, so that's the the bulk of who I am. But Freedom Fleur as a whole has a mission as a social enterprise. So we are connected to a social mission that drives our for-profit forward. So we realize our mission and what we do as a, a brand, a sustainable fashion brand and tech company for women by offering versatile options and clothing and uh, education and um, sustainable work for women. So. That's our mission. I mean, there's so much in there that we're going to get to talk about, which is going to be so cool. And I know we were saying before we hit record that life has been a whirlwind right now because you guys are just taking off. It's like a rocket right now, which is exciting, (laughs) but kind of crazy too. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's more crazy than anything, but it is, it's exciting. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, it's crazy now. The excitement will come, but it's just wild. Well, you and I kind of met through being in the same program for Propel Women, which is kind of fun. So yeah, you're still in the program. I can't remember if you finished or. Yeah, no, I graduated. So I'm done. done. I've lost track of all of it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so we both just graduated then in May, which is super exciting. And and what led you even to being a part of that program? Oh, you know, honestly, I saw a, um, I'm, I think it may have been an ad or something from Christine, like posted, um, and she was talking about women, um, you know, being educated was the biggest thing. And at that point in my life, I had felt like, okay, I need to go back to school, but you have to know something about me that I'm always like, I need to go back to school. because You love to learn. <laughs> I'm just that type of person that, you know, I'll be in a course, you know, just probably at all points in my life, you know. But I saw the video and I was like, wow. And it just really inspired me. And then I, 
saw some of her posts. She was talking about um, bringing her kids with her to the airport and all that. And so it was like this one post where the kids were like in this little basket, like little bitty thing at I the airport. I know exactly what you're talking you know? about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, that's my life. But people have always, especially other women, have always looked, kind of looked at my life and been like, you yeah, know, you're doing a lot. That feels like a lot. And I'm like, you know, and I felt like, you know, like, let me mar- let me push myself down to fit into what the boxes of that women are supposed to do. Like if you're a woman and you're a mom or or you're a wife or whatever it is, like there is these boxes that, you know, society as a whole thinks that you're supposed to fit in. And so I did that for a while, but I just can't, naturally am not wired to do that. And so I had been cultivating this community of women. Um, we called it a flourish group. And so we had a private page on Facebook and we had maybe about 15 or 20 women in there. And we were all reading about like, you know, being more ambitious and growing, you know, the gifts and the things that are in us. And um, yeah, that piece that Christine, the ad that was there, I was just like, you know, I should do this. Like being in a program full of other women, it just sounds like something that my life has already been on track for anyway, something I've already been doing. So it was perfect. So. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it does fit really well into Freedom Floor. It makes sense that there's a lot of overlap. And a big part of that is empowering women entrepreneurs, which we'll get to. But first, like, just give us a little bit of the backstory behind Freedom Floor, you know, where the name come from and just how you even got to this point where you were like, yeah, I'm going to make this idea a reality. Yeah, absolutely. So Freedom Floor is, it's really a branch off of my middle name. So my middle name is Florette which is French for a little flower. And a lot of people from Louisiana have French names. So that's kind of... I was going to tell you, my husband's family is from Louisiana. They're no from Homa, Louisiana. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We're family, yeah. So you know? Yeah. So we're essentially, yeah, we're all we're family. family. So I can I can definitely understand that Louisiana background for sure. Yeah. yeah. His mom speaks kind of a little bit of Cajun French here and there. See, now I love it. Now we're best yeah. friends already. There we go. Now we know. Yeah. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> But that, so that's where that comes from, the floor in Freedom Floor um, and the, the branch off of my middle name, of course. But the story is kind of like when I was um, this like years and years ago, I may have been, I don't know, maybe like 26 or 27 years old. But I was kind of just at this point where I was like, you know, I'm doing all the things. And at the time I was like, you know, worship leading at my church and leading all kinds of groups and and everything like that. I'm one of those people, like if there is a gap and I feel like there's, I don't do it on purpose, but like naturally if there's a gap, like I jump in to lead something. And so just find spaces to lead. And so I was doing all these things, but nothing felt like it was honestly connecting to a deeper purpose in my life. And, you know, you would think, oh, well, you're at church and you're doing all these things and church essentially is community. So you should feel connected and driven and on purpose and on mission, but I didn't. You know, and that's, you know, kind of something that I tell women all the time is that, you know, your mission and what you're driven by is really, really important because it's really going to be the thing. Your vision is going to sustain you, you know, everywhere you go. So this season that I was in, I was just kind of realizing that, wow, I'm not feeling very fulfilled right now. And um, I had walked through abuse when I was a kid, um, sexual abuse when I was a kid, about nine years old. And I kind of always had, I was always kind of more timid, more shy or Uh, more reserved, but I always um, like pushed myself to do things. So people knew me for being a little bit ambitious and doing all the things. But I realized like pretty early on that, you know, it was like a subconscious like foot on my head type situation. I'm like, what is this? Like, and it was the shame of my past and like the, the things that I went through and feeling like as a woman, like, you know, I'm doing all these things in business because I started a business and everything 
um, that I was never really getting ahead. And I'm like, what is going on? And I'm like, the, the, the reality is that I really want freedom, you know, and I really want to feel free to do the things that I feel called to do without, you know, feeling like there's this, you know, subconscious or proverbial foot that's over my head and like, you know, keeping me in my place. And so that really is where Freedom Floor was birthed. It was like, okay, it's not just me who needs this freedom, but there's other women, you know, who have been through similar stories as me, but women in general are a marginalized group. You know, when it comes down Mm -hmm. to business and life in general, women fall into that category. And then when you break it down to, you know, women who've actually been in positions where they've been abused and, you know, been, you know, physically marginalized and, you know, had less wages than our male counterparts and stuff, it, um, you look at it and you're like, what do women really need? You know, like, what is it? And that was my thing. That's how I looked at it. Like, what do women really need? And, you know, and at the time I was traveling back and forth to India and other countries. And, and I was realizing that all, you know, all these years that, you know, I was a kid in junior high, elementary school, and all these times where I was empowering my friends or empowering other women. I'm like, women all over the world, it seems are needing the same thing. And so it was kind of like a, a moment for me where I just stopped and I was like, wow, so what is it? And I really took a step back because Freedom Floor was a nonprofit at first. And so we worked as like, you know, we, we did peer group work. So we have women over, we do peer group. And um, I've supported women at trials for rape and different things like that. I speak at conferences and do all those things. But I really felt like a halt, like, OK, there is something more that's needed and um, there's a lot of nonprofits out there and they're doing great work, but I felt my, my capacity felt limited. I was like, there is. Mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. It just felt like there was, you know, something more and I needed to find like an, an ethical and um, sustainable way for women to to really be able to move forward. So Freedom Floor was really birthed from that. <laughs> I mean, it's a beautiful vision birthed out of a a very important struggle. And I I do think that's one thing that I've thought about as well is that growing up, I don't know if it was conscious or subconscious, but I always understood business to be more of a male-driven space. Like, you know, the the dads were the ones who were going away and doing the work or whatever. And it wasn't even the 1950s. We're talking like 1990s, 2000s, you know. Uh That was just kind of how I grew up to understand the way that business worked. So I I didn't really even think much about female entrepreneurs or female business owners. And thankfully, in the last few years, there has been a big uh, turn of advocacy for women in those types of leadership positions and in business, but what would you describe what a female entrepreneur looks like? I mean, as someone who could be a mom, who could be a sister, who could be a daughter, who could be in India, who could be in Louisiana, like what does a woman entrepreneur look like? What have you seen? Oh my gosh. I mean, I mean, well, really we're everywhere and we've already been doing this without the, you know, um, the recognition, like we've already been like, you know, you see so many women in there, like, the um the the glue that's holding their families together they may be like the ones that's like you know making gift baskets or like um maybe they make pralines or they're the ones that make gumbo and like people are buying tea cakes and gumbo or that's my context but you know you just always see this person in the family that's doing something or they're the ones who's planning events or something and you're like women have this entrepreneurial thing in us anyway it's like this this drive to be industrious. I mean, maybe not everybody has the drive to actually turn it into something for profit, um, but that is my heart for women who do have a, a pull towards business is that they would actually use that drive that they have towards social enterprise. And social enterprise is 
being on a mission to change something that is affecting society, whatever it is, if it's environmental justice, if it's whatever it is, but weaving that into your nonprofit structure, kind of like Tom's, you know, you buy a shoe Mm -hmm. and that's a for-profit. You buy a shoe and somebody, you know, in another country, somebody in Africa is going to get a pair of shoes or is going to get education. But entrepreneurs look like they're everywhere, all around us, women entrepreneurs. You know, we're moms, we're we're actually working corporate jobs and we have, you know, small careers on the side or we're doing freelance work and we actually sometimes want to take our freelance job and make it full time, you know, but don't really know how to do that in a sustainable way. So, I mean, it can look like a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think for a long time, I didn't view myself as an entrepreneur. My husband, if you meet him, is just like the entrepreneur of all entrepreneurs. Like he has a billion business ideas and he just goes for it. You know, like it just, it's like he was born to have a business. And I just didn't see myself that way until a couple of years ago, um, someone pointed out, they were like, well, you know, this podcast or these things that you're doing on the side, like you said, you've got your nine to five, but you're doing these projects on the sides. Like that is a very entrepreneurial spirit. And even the way, that I pursue certain roles and opportunities within my job are very entrepreneurial as well. I like to build things out or test things or, you know, be the first to try a new way or a new project. And so I think my mindset of what an entrepreneur looks like has expanded so much, which then allows there to be a lot of other individuals who can kind of step into that, which is super, super cool. So I love that. I love love that. And I mean, what would you say is kind of the practical workings of Freedom Floor? Like how would someone listening to this practically see something of Freedom Floor in their life? Yeah, well, we have the fashion brand, which is um, sustainable, ethical clothing for women. And the heart behind the brand, the clothing brand, Freedom Floor, is the lifestyle of the ambitious, driven woman, which is, you know, you're not going to just be wearing business suits all day. You're probably going to need workout gear. You're probably going to need you know, bottles and, you know, um, whatever your lunch boxes and different things like that. But we realize that women who care about um, women themselves working and having a livable wage and that is sustainable, we realize that those women want something that actually mirrors their lifestyle. And sustainability, I found when I was going through this process, was really the only way. I'm like, there's no way to to have a clothing brand and it not be sustainable because now I have to look at the women that are in the background who are making these clothes. And if they are not making a, a livable, sustainable wage, then I can't say that I'm empowering women because I'm taking power from women. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's been like, we don't care how slow we have to go as long as women are at the center of it. And our goal is to make sure that they're empowered. So the clothing brand, it is always supporting those who are working in the background at our meals in Peru and India and who are making clothes that are sustainable and ethical. We only partner with uh, manufacturers and meals that are into sustainability and B Corp certified, um, as well as our FF Social Club, which is in beta testing right now. So we have a beta site up right now for the FF Social Club, and it is for the CEO and founder the aspiring founder. And so it's just a place where women can connect and they can talk about really the things that we're talking about right now. They can connect around a project or a goal. They can, um, there's courses and all those things that are coming up that are going to be loaded in there, like business 101. These are things that I did not learn in business school. I have a degree in business (laughs) and I'm a business analyst by trade. (laughs) And I did not learn this in school. I literally had to, as they say, get this out of the mud. Like I had to Mm -hmm. learn it Mm -hmm. in the background. It was sleepless nights and, you know, nobody taught me about investing. I had to be up and learning like what are investors looking for? 
what on earth is a pitch deck, you know? And mm-hmm. and I believe that, you know, women who want to tangibly connect on to something and who just may even be like just questioning or interested, like, oh, wow, maybe I should join the social club because, you know, maybe I can take this business somewhere. I don't know. But being in a community of other women who are entrepreneurs or who are inspiring is definitely going to motivate you to move your things forward or your business or your ideas forward. So oh, those yeah. are the tangible yeah. ways. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, 100%. And that intersects in a really clear way with the work that I get to do with A21, which is when we're talking about human trafficking, a lot of times your mind will go to the sex trafficking aspect of that, which is so true. That Mm -hmm. is a big part of the human trafficking problem in local communities and in global communities, but also actually a larger number of individuals worldwide are actually subjected to labor trafficking, which is exactly what you're talking about. Like working for wages that are not livable, working in situations that are unsafe or that are just, they work and they sleep and they live in the same location, that that's actually a way bigger issue than I think a lot of people realize. And right. I mean, what happens is there's a vulnerability. There is a individual, whether that be a woman or a male, who needs to find a job, who needs to put food on the table for their family. So they take these job offers and they end up being very unsafe situations. And so what you're saying is that Freedom Floor really tries to empower women from A to Z, from the very beginning of the process all the way to the consumer and the customer for every point in the process for people to be empowered and for the people who are on the production side to be safe. Would that be accurate? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we know that, you know, even with, you know, teams and organizations like A21, it's absolutely critical. Like we can't have enough of those, to be completely honest. Like we need organizations where, women are being rescued and, you know, people are going in and doing that work. And what we realized when we were in India, we were like, what are, what do we feel qualified to do? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Who can I partner with? And we had a team there who was already on the ground. It wasn't us, you know, as Americans coming in and and colonializing anything and dictating how anything should be done. But it was their people on the ground who understood the context, who understood the language or organizations who were partnering with them, you know, working right beside them and giving them the, you know, the encouragement, the resources to to do the rescuing work. And I really feel like we come in after that point. We come in like women need something sustainable. Like they're going to need to upskill, they're going to need to uh, to reskill. Like some of these some of these ladies already have the skills, um, but they are actually going to need to be reskilled. They're going to need to dust them off or gain new skills. So that's India or that's Louisiana, like you said, or that's Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But in order for us to sit at some of these tables, this is just the work that we have to do. And like you said, in a kind of more of a male driven space, you know, we have to be able to show up to the table. And um, when I realize that I'm like, OK, let's let's resource women. Let's do let's it. Get what let's we need. Go. <laughs> I love that. Well, I love that too. I mean, especially because I was listening to another podcast that you were on recently. Shout out to the Insider, Inside Collective. Is that what it is? Inside Collective, yeah. Yep. And it was amazing. And you were talking on that podcast about how you actually, when you were a young girl, you would like draw out these different ideas for clothing and different, yeah, just these different ideas. So how do you take that idea um, from being something that you're just kind of journaling in your own personal time to something that you're actually seeing turn into a business for profit with employees, with teams? Like, what would you say to someone who's listening to this that they have an idea, but they're like, I have no idea how to turn that into something bigger. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, 
I can talk from the space of fashion or or just in general, but it, from the space of fashion, um, when I was a, a kid, I always wanted to be a fashion designer. That was my thing. I was like, when I grow up, I'm going to be a fashion. So I'm like drawing all of these sketches of boots and clothes. And um, I, ha- I didn't have like the technical skills to do it. I was just doing this intuitively. Like I wanted to do it. So I just learned how to sketch on my own. Um, and I would put fashion shows together. Like I would grab my friends, get people together, put on like little shows and all that type of stuff. But I realized that, you know, in order for me to move this forward, I really do like, you know, I want to say the cliche thing, honestly, that everybody always says, everybody always says, just do it. You know, it's like, you know, start a business, you can just do it. And that is true. But the reality is, it really does help sometimes to see other women doing it or really, as we say, modeling it for you. And that modeling and us as prototypes, almost like somebody going ahead and you seeing other people go ahead is super important. So like throughout all of these years of my life, what I've done is like I've looked for mentors, unofficial, you know, so some of these people I've never met in my whole life, but I might be mentored on a podcast. I might be mentored via a book, you know, and those type of things. And I'm like, okay, these are women who are in investing. These are women who are in business and they're doing things that I've never dreamed of. And it kind of opens my brain and, you know, opens my capacity and makes me dream, you know? And so I think the Mm -hmm. reality is like stirring women's like imagination again and allowing us to dream again and say like, okay, life and work and things and all the things that get us busy and bogged down, you know, they're still there, you know, but we can't put our dreams on hold, you know, and forsake our dreams so that we, you know, do the other things. And um, so that's what I would tell women, just really take hold to like mentorship, you know, and maybe, you know, you say, oh, I don't have anybody like in my life that does this, that works in fashion or that that is um, in tech. Women in tech is a really big deal right now. I don't have anybody, you know, women in tech. I mean, we have literally the internet, internet is like at our disposable now. So it's you can go online, you can Google women in tech, or you can Google women in, you know, coding or whatever the things you're looking for and find podcasts, find, you know, resources in that way and really just start that way. Just really start yeah. resourcing yourself, you know, and then doors really start opening up is what happens. Like you start realizing possibilities. Yeah. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense that there, there's this, there's a mix. It's this mix of having that idea, but then taking action on that, whatever that looks like. If that's finding the support that you need, if that's finding the equipping that you need, the training, the learning, the resources, whatever that is, but just going for it. Cause I think sometimes we get intimidated by the fear of failure of like, but oh, what if yeah. I try this and it fails? You know, I yeah. mean, how have you navigated the fear of failure? Cause it doesn't seem like you're failing very Oh, much, I failed a ton. Like, I mean, that could have been my middle name at one point. I mean, like, <laughs> instead like, of floored, be failed. Yeah, exactly. No facts. But <laughs> I mean, I think that's just a part of growth. Like, you, you know, when you take the risk. Like, I, I think I started. I can't remember the first business I started, but I started a um, an event planning company, and I did that for five years. And while I was doing it, I realized, oh my gosh, I really don't want to do this. <laughs> like, I'm five years in at this point. I'm like, yikes. And I'm like, I've built my whole life around this. Like I did photo booth rental with it. And like, it was a thing. Like people still call me to this day about planning uh, weddings. And I'm like, it's not happening. You're guys. like, that's the old me. <laughs> like, the new that was, me. That was <laughs> a very long here. time ago. Right. <laughs> but then what I did was I took kind of some self inventory. Like, why did you start a business 
planning weddings. You know, why did you why did you do this? What would make you do this? Always wanting to be self-aware and connected to why I'm doing things. And like it really was important to me to connect with other women. So it's always there. I'm like, OK, I'm connecting with other women and, you know, I get to pursue something that feels beautiful, you know, you know. And so, I, I mean, I ended up counseling a lot of women through the process, which didn't I didn't know was going to happen. <laughs> So that was Oh, really yeah. Cool. When you're planning a big wedding <laughs> or an event like that, you need some good counseling. Right, right, right. You're like, oh, no, no, stay together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It's worth it. It's, it's okay. worth it. It's okay. Yeah. It's worth it. <laughs> right. um, uh-huh. But another thing was just realizing, like, I love the design aspect of it. So, I mean, I would design these weddings and they would just be absolutely gorgeous. And I'm like, I love crafting. Like, at the end of the day, I am a creative and I'm like, so it doesn't matter what I put my hands on as a creative and as a a person who is, um, you know, wired to craft things. So I'm like, I could do anything. Like I've done photography, I've done all the things, but what am I personally driven to do that I want to put my everything into? And I'm like, okay, it is, it is this. So I think allowing yourself, you know, space to fail. And I mean, I don't even know if I really want to call it fail. I just call it exploring, you know, mm-hmm. just explore the opportunities, like open yourself up to just exploring what's out there. You know, you start a cookie yeah. company, start it from your kitchen. Okay. Sell some cookies at a, you know, at a, at a market, you know, and put a little label on it from your computer. You're starting, you know, you don't mm-hmm. have to be um, the you that is five years from now. You can be the you that's right now. And that is some very wise words from uh, my counselor who's always like, you need to be the Kirstie that is right now. You can't be the Kirstie that is, you know, 20 years down the road. And I completely agree. So all the mess ups that come with the now and all that you need to to be in that, you know, and actually, you yeah. know, that'll really help women. That helps all of us to not deal with that imposter syndrome because we see ourselves somewhere and we're like, oh, I have to get there. So you got to do all the steps to move fast to get there. No, you just have to, this is the vision, be aware of it, but you need to be in the present. You got to be connected mm-hmm. to what is physically happening right now. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, I think that's a really great way to put it because you have to allow yourself the freedom to grow for sure, but also the freedom to be exactly who you are presently, just like you said. Because I I, mean, I remember when I had this idea for the podcast, I had been talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. And finally, my husband just bought me a microphone and he was like, you've talked about it so much. Go like hubby. you need to start recording. Yeah. And and I was like, well, what if I don't know? What if I don't get it right? What if the first episodes aren't good? And sure, I listened back to some of the first episodes and they're not my favorite by any means, but it, I wouldn't have been able to be in this conversation with you today if those first steps hadn't been taken. And so I'm so glad that I did. And yeah, you release it and it's not perfect, but you know that that's you in that moment and that is the best that you can do at that day. And then yes. you allow yourself the freedom to grow, which I think is a really, it resonates a lot with what you're saying. Oh my gosh, that is so good. Ah, and go hubby, okay? Like, go can we, hubby, can we shout go out Scott. To oh yeah, husbands? he's been on here for sure. <laughs> I know, yeah, everyone knows him. If they listen along, they know he's the number one supporter and right now our only investor. He bought this microphone. Go investor, so, you know, investor husband. My husband is an investor husband as well. So we, we What does that look like? How does he support you? Oh, I mean, I know goodness. you told me he's kind of doing some co-founding work for you, right? Yeah, yeah, he is... Um, He's like growth and strategy and development for Freedom Floor and uh, the perfect person to be that because he's built this multi-million dollar business of his own. And I think a lot of people don't know that he's an entrepreneur. So he when he says what he does, people are like, oh, that's great. And so they have no clue that, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's built something that is sustainable, that works for his family, that works for us. And and so his company actually like uh, protege, protege's us. So I am like mentored by his company, by his staff. And, 
you know, his accounting team and all of that. So that's the support also that women just really need, like, you know, getting out of the gates. And, you know, some people have that already, but some people don't. And, you know, I realize that, you know, that's a huge thing for women who have these beautiful dreams and beautiful goals. And, you know, and I sit at these investor conferences and meetings and stuff all the time. And I just look, and of course I think about what my business, but I always think about, man, there's so many women who have no clue about this space, but then, you know, it also takes money to make money. And that's, a, that it can does. be a challenging thing. You know, it's like, okay, I want to, I want to get a loan or I want to get investment, but you know, I have to show proof of concept or a <laughs> minimum viable product, or I've got to show all these things beforehand. And so, you know, so many investors, so many people want to see you actually putting money into what you're doing, or they want to see it funded already. And so that can be a challenging thing, but it's like really, you know, partnering with, with people, you know, and finding a community where you guys can uplift and support each other. And so my husband, you know, he's been successful in that way with federal contracting. And um, I call him the guru of federal contracting. So he does federal government contracting. And um, as a woman that's a veteran, I'm a veteran uh, from the Air Force, um, I actually won a contract with the federal government for half a million dollars, which is like actually propping my company up right now. Yeah, which that's is huge. Like, that's huge. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and, and you're right. You do have to have that kind of support. And so even if someone doesn't have that in their life, tapping into communities like the social club that you've talked about Absolutely. or, you know, different communities where you can build those relationships with other business owners or individuals who want to help support entrepreneurs. That's massive. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the thing, like inside of community, that's where you find out, oh, well, this person is connected to this person who does micro loans for, you know, small businesses. Oh, this person is connected to this person. And it just happens like, I think we can't help but for it to happen when we're in community mm-hmm. because it's just like how we're wired, how we're created. Like we're spiritual beings. So we want to connect. And so we connect and we start talking about what we do. And then hopefully if you're in a supportive community with these individuals, it's like, oh, well, hey, I see how I can help you here. We see how we can help each other here. And then you just move things forward, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know. Yeah, and to be that person for someone else, if you do have yeah. any kind of connection. And, and I'm sure a lot of people listening think like, oh, well, what do I, I don't have a half a million dollar contract <laughs> or I don't have this. Yeah. But you just never know. You might have a family friend who's in that industry or you might have someone in your church who maybe is in this kind of space that you yeah. could just make that introduction. That can go a long way. Or even just being a supportive friend to yeah. other friends who are trying to take these big steps and these chances and just being kind of their home base for at the end of the day to say this is a safe place to workshop ideas and to find that support that you need because I just don't know that you can do it on your own. No, you can't. I forgot how the quote goes, but it's like if you want to go far, then I guess you go with somebody, but if you want to go slow or you go along, I forget how it goes, but it's something like Mm -hmm. that, but it's just the power of community, the power of doing it together and the power of collaboration is what it really is, you know, what it boils down to. And you're right. Like some women may, no, you don't have a five, you know, half a million dollar contract. And we were blown away when it happened. Like what? <laughs> you know, like our bid won. <laughs> How did this happen? Yeah. You know, like we, it's crazy because we wrote it out. We wrote the vision out and we're like, this is what we want to see happen. And we put these numbers on the board and to see it actually happen was like, wow, we're women who can move things forward. And, you know, that was inspiring in itself. So it's like these little Little benchmarks keep happening and it just blows us away. But, you know, I, I also think um, 
just allowing yourself to be educated and taught. Like I said, you know, my husband teaches mm-hmm. on federal contracting and his, you know, his whole thing is like getting people into the market, into the industry so they can learn how big of a deal it is for their business. He's like, you don't have to care about federal contracting. You know, you don't have to be like, oh, I just love the federal government, you know, but you can <laughs> use it as another stream of income. And so, you know, anybody who's going to do well in the world is going to have multiple streams of income. And for us as women, we got to really start thinking that way. You know, it's like men mm-hmm. think this way. This is like natural for me. And they just wake up like mm-hmm. multiple streams of income. You know? yeah. Not the first thought on my mind Not in the morning. Not the first thought on Not my mind. I'm thinking mind. breakfast. But and- like you, yeah, I'm thinking breakfast. I'm thinking what do we got to do today? Right. But like you said, there are these ideas and the, this natural wiring as women to create things and to foster things and to host things that can very easily turn into a business. So Absolutely. yeah, it's possible. It's definitely possible. And Mm -hmm. I think you've already answered this question a million ways on the podcast, but whenever you think about just that more mentality, that idea of finding more in life, what has that looked like for you recently? Like what is a way that you're discovering more in your everyday life? Oh man, professionally, I would say that finding more has really looked like not being afraid to be ambitious because like I said earlier, it has been something that, you know, I've pushed down for so long and um, in my context, like I'm a, I'm a Southern girl, church girl. Like I grew up, like my dad was a pastor. My mom was a pastor, like literally everybody in my family, like <laughs> in the in the church <laughs> arena or world or whatever. And so like there's this Southern, you know, thing or whatever, where women operate in this capacity only or in this way. And this is what looks desirable and this is right for women. And so I came came under that for a long time. And it's really taken like finding my own voice. Um, it's been a journey that I've been on since 2016. But here recently, just really jumping out there and being like, I deserve to be in these spaces as well. I'm a woman mm-hmm. in business. And, you know, I really believe that God has given me the the gift to build business and to, you know, like you said, pull communities together. Like mm-hmm. that's so mm-hmm. like naturally ingrained in a lot of us as women. And I'm like, I believe that I have the power to change the world. And I think that all women do, you know, if we tap into it. So for me, professionally, it's been about that. And um, as an Enneagram four wing three. (laughs) (laughs) If you're into that kind of thing. If you're into the Enneagram, (laughs) you know, I always feel inspired to, you know, achieve or, or make things work and make things happen. And I always feel inspired to use arts and creativity um, to make those things happen. So to step out now and to do it, you know, it's just really made me be like, okay, I don't have to accept the less in life. I can, you know, I can step into the more. So that's really Mm -hmm. what that's been like, finding more. (laughs) Well, I love that. And I just admire the way that you've approached that more in your life and the fact that you've invited other people along with you. And that's even what you're doing in this conversation. You're not saying like, hey, look at me, look at this thing I've created. You're saying, this is what we are doing. And if you want to be a part of the we, there is plenty of space at the table. Like, come on in. And so I just love that you've done that. And I just appreciate you. And thank you. Thank you for creating that space. And even for encouraging people like myself who have these ideas, but are just trying to figure out how to take that into that next level. I think that this conversation is going to help a lot of people in that way. Amazing. I really hope so. Well, thank thank you. you. And then how do we find Freedom Floor? What do we do? How do we support Freedom Floor? Yeah, you can. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. On Instagram is probably where we're most, uh, there's most of the movement happening. So on Instagram, it's Freedom Floor Inc. um, I-N-C on um, Instagram. Um, And right now we're also fundraising on iFundWomen. So you can find our campaign on iFundWomen. Uh, You just type in Freedom Floor and our campaign will come up. 
there is also the uh, the community right now that is in beta testing, but we have uh, a, the platform, the FF Social Club, and mm-hmm. you would just go to ffsocialclub.com to find us there. And on Thursdays, uh, we're posting and we're talking to other women who are in uh, subject matter experts in their field about all kinds of things before we actually start launching courses. So yeah, that's where you can find us. (laughs) I love that. Well, and I mean, everyone who listens knows we'll have all of that linked in this episode's description. So people will definitely be able to find you, but thank you. And we're all going to be watching and cheering you on. And hopefully some of us will jump in and be a part of it, which will be really fun. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Kirstie. 